Hey friends, welcome to Catherine Biroy Show. Today I have a pleasure and an honor to introduce you to Dr. Paul Kessemon. Paul is a clinical psychologist and a director and owner of Kessemon Clinical Associates, a group private practice located in Philadelphia. Paul attended the Ferkov Graduate School of Psychology in New York and completed his training experiences at hospitals in New York City. He specializes in treating anxiety, depression, ADHD, and spectrum disorders, and provides individual, family, and group counseling. Dr. Kesselman's approach to counseling utilizes many cognitive behavioral principles and positive psychology. Paul is a husband and father of four boys and plays and manages a baseball team in his free time. And if I may say, Paul is an incredible human being. He is such a lovely person, and I had such a pleasure and an honor to work with him. When you see him or when you hear his voice, you will see that life force which will guide you through your day, through your life, through any uh, obstacle that you can actually encounter. Join me on this beautiful journey. Let's dive in. Hi, Paul. I'm so happy to have you here. How are you today? I'm great, Catherine. It's always nice to be with you and get to talk with you. My pleasure is all mine. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story. What's behind uh, you know, your business and everything that you do for the world? I'd love to share that. And I do share it oftentimes with people that I work with. I think it's important for people to know that about how we got where we are. Those mm -hmm. are important stories. Um, so I'm 48, just recently turned. I'm a father of four. Um, my leap into the field of psychology uh, was an interesting one. Um, my parents got divorced when I was pretty young. And um, this was in the early 80s, 1980s. My mother, um, introduced me to a psychologist at the time, and we were doing mainly play therapy. And I just thought at a very young age, this is so interesting. This is so different to sit with an adult who gets to know me and, and understand me. I, I thought it was, mm -hmm. I thought it was so many different things. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, when I got to college, um, it was interesting. I was thinking about what fight field I might pursue my, my whole family. There's a lot of business. There's a lot of sales accounting. My grandfather was accountant, my, my brother a CPA. And I just thought to myself, should I do the things that everybody else did in my family? But when mm -hmm. I got to college, um, I started taking classes at Rutgers University in psychology and the light bulb turned on for me. I wasn't a great student in high school, but in college, taking, a, taking courses in psychology that I connected with just really brought out my personality and tapped into who I am. I've always been fascinated with human behavior, why we make the choices that we make, um, the consistencies and inconsistencies of who we are, people in general. So I'm always kind of analyzing myself and other people in the world. And um, I love this field. I've been doing it almost 20 years now, uh, whether I'm working with children or families or adults, the opportunity to help somebody bring out their best is one of the biggest, best privileges in the whole world to me. And every time I meet with a new patient or family, it's it, it just rejuvenates and re-excites my reason of joining this field. I couldn't see myself doing anything else in the world. Isn't it so beautiful? And I have to share my thoughts about when we first met, you always do everything with smile. And, uh, you know, everyone who met you in our community said the same. So uh, I want to thank you for making this world a little bit better place. Thank and I'm you, very honored for the opportunity to have a chance to work with you. I don't even know if you are aware of that, 
but we like the day shines up when you show up and i want you to know that okay? that means incredible amounts <laughs> it's i'm not i'm not the only one okay <laughs> i'm not the only one who said that Thank so you. um let's get a little deeper uh yeah what gets in the way when someone doesn't realize their their whole potential and everything that they can become in the world yeah yeah i mean you know as human beings we're, we're really complicated creatures our ability to process on so many different levels and what our brain do can do is just incredible but also it can weigh us down mm -hmm. so where i start in a lot of my work with people that i'm that i'm doing counseling with is kind of looking at their thought patterns you know mm -hmm. events happen in the world how do we react to that from an emotional standpoint but also mm -hmm. what kind of thoughts do we create in our head one of the the biggest roadblocks for mm -hmm. for many people is kind of the negative thought patterns that we get into and a lot of this comes from what we call like our core beliefs things that we walk mm. around inside of ourselves whether we're aware of it or not mm -hmm. we kind of have beliefs about relationships about work about a variety of areas that we interact with all day long and when experiences happen how do we kind of process in our mind what's going on and temperamentally some people tend towards you know being very positive in the way that they approach things their language might be very positive when they describe an event that's happening or has happened to them mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and other people might use very strong negative language or negative mm -hmm. thoughts you know mm -hmm. when somebody says something like um yeah that went terrible for me i'll never be able to get that right mm -hmm. or yep here we go again i'm bet right back in the same cycle mm -hmm. we don't realize the power of that kind of thinking that kind of propels us to the next experience that we have and already almost sets us up and primes us mm -hmm. for maybe a negative experience before we even get there mm -hmm. so a lot of the work that i try to do with people in the beginning of of counseling is helping people realize those patterns. And sometimes people are really aware of them. Sometimes people I work with say, wow, I never stood back and looked at that. I just do that reflexively and think mm -hmm. about things in a negative way. And then they kind of separate themselves from the thought and they say, wow, I really see the emotional impact that has mm -hmm. and also the behavioral impact, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of action I take or don't take, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Because part of kind of growing in this world is challenging ourselves, you know? Mm -hmm. um, putting things in front of us to step out of our comfort zone. That's how we grow. That's how we progress in this world. And if we're walking around with negative thoughts or negative beliefs about ourselves, it's like quicksand pulling us down. It's mm. so hard to get up and, and, mm -hmm. and get out of that. So when you recognize those negative thought patterns and you start to work with them and work through them, you shed a lot of weight, emotional baggage and negativity pulling you back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you say core beliefs, that most probably happens on subconscious level, right? Yeah, I think it does. I mm -hmm. think it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, when you think about it, when we're young, we, mm -hmm. we start to look and survey the world around us. We, we look at our parents, we look at relationships around us, we look at all the things we're interacting with. That happens really, really young, the role modeling effect mm -hmm. of and I've got a little one at home, a six month old, the gaze, the way that I react to things, that tells him mm -hmm. what is safe, what's unsafe, what's mm -hmm. okay to investigate and, and look into. Mm -hmm. That happens from birth mm -hmm. and probably even before birth, you know, mm -hmm. the stress of, of a child in utero or what's going mm -hmm. on with the parent, the mother, um, that happens from the start. So we're absorbing all that information and then we get into our, you know, our younger school age years and I think we're starting to make form our identity about who we are in this world and mm -hmm. what we are in this world. What am I? Am I an athlete? Mm 
Am I a good reader? Am I good at listening? Am I good at helping people? Am I good at math? You know, and it goes on and on. Um, that's kind of that kind of backdoors the idea of multiple intelligences, Gardner's idea of multiple intelligence, which is such a popular theory. And I believe so much in it. We start to tap into those abilities and thinking of who we are and our beliefs have so much to do with that. I believe I can progress through a challenge or I believe I can't do it and I need mm -hmm. to quit right away because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So we do really um, do that. And then, like you said, Catherine, they do become subconscious because over time we do so much thinking about that. Mm -hmm. It becomes reflexive to mm. think that way. Mm -hmm. We're doing it without even realizing it. We're, we're processing information through our core beliefs without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. This is so powerful. I, yeah. I am sure many people don't even realize that and are not awakened to the fact that they actually can change their life. But just reflecting to their own belief system and, and, yeah. and you know, and change it. Um, yeah. But what mentally separates those people who are able to overcome yeah. anything in their life and yeah. succeed and those who, who actually don't? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about the, um, the comparison they make between the elephant and the goldfish, even uh -huh. though I think they said the goldfish recently, they realized has a longer memory, but still <laughs> for the sake of the, the saying, you know, they say the goldfish's memory is about 10 seconds. The elephant can remember for forever. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think that for things that we struggle on and mm -hmm. challenges we run into, it's good to have not not a great short-term memory not be focused on the problem itself but kind of kind of moving through and shedding some of that weight around the negativity and the negative beliefs so you know when people work with me and they're talking about past incidences problems mm -hmm. i try to say all right you know like we're going to talk about that but we're not going to spend too much time on that we're not going to spin our wheels we're going to talk about the present and the future how are we going to change things for the future how are we mm -hmm. going to change your language and your thinking so that you're not always using those catchphrases of well that went horribly or i can't here we go again you know mm -hmm. we get that in our head we get stuck so the so the folks that really tend to actualize mm -hmm. spend less time thinking about whatever negative thoughts they have i, I mean i think we all have them Yes. It's, it's a human condition to face a challenge and say, wow, this is really difficult. Like that mm -hmm. would make us not human if we didn't. But it's the people that don't spend too much time going round and round with that and kind of move past it through their language, through their thinking. Mm -hmm. A popular term in cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what I do a lot of with patients, is cognitive restructuring. You take a thought that's so negative and you try and either make it less negative and less absolute, or if possible, if the thought isn't super overwhelming, you make it more positive in general. Mm -hmm. um, and that helps us just pull us through into the next step of what, what can we do to problem solve? Well, our brains are incredible in, in, in that when we're locked in emotion, when we're locked in certain parts of our brain, the amygdala, mm -hmm. our fear center, other parts of our brain don't kind of light up and allow us to tap into them. Mm -hmm. When we calm ourselves, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and we take a breath. That's a really important thing. I, I think we forget to just simply take a breath. You know, when we the first thing we did when we were born, we gasped. The first thing we did when we were born, yeah. And the last thing we do before we leave this earth, exactly, is we, we take another breath. Everything happens in between. I think those I will things. quote you on this one. <laughs> I will quote sure. you. It's, but it's an important thing. To, it's such a simple thing, but yeah. we forget about breathing. You know, we do. And the the breath is so important. I was doing some personal training. I started doing some boxing about six months ago, which has been incredible for stress and, and just a great workout. And this morning I was facing a challenge with my trainer and he said to me, Paul, you're not breathing. I said, yeah. 
I said, you know why? Because I'm doing something new right now that we've never done before together. And I'm thinking about, can I do it? Uh -huh. What if I do it wrong? Uh -huh. And I said, when people get stressed, the first thing they forget to do is breathe. It's incredible, exactly. but we have to breathe, but we mm -hmm. tighten up, we tense up. And when you tighten up and tense it up, you're creating emotional reaction in your body. And that primes your brain to say, something's wrong. Be afraid, survive. Mm -hmm. The problem is in 2021, sitting here today with you, there are very few things that are about survival for us right now. Exactly. They feel like survival mm -hmm. and our brain labels them survival, but they're not. We're treating it as if survival. Mm -hmm. And when I was working out this morning, my, my brain and body was saying, you're in a state of, of fear. You're in a state of, of survival. I wasn't. I was working out with a trainer in my driveway. And everything was fine. Exactly. <laughs> so again, letting go of that emotional stress, finding ways to create balance in our lives is incredibly important through exercise, mm -hmm. through mental discipline, through creating and bringing up natural challenges in our lives. We need to create opportunities to face the things we know we don't do well. You know, mm -hmm. I am not good at putting together things that come out of a box. My wife and I laugh about this. Whenever something shows up that needs to be put together at home, I look at her, she looks at me and she says, you need to do this. This is important. And I agree with her. Mm -hmm. I take a deep <laughs> breath and I say, all right, I'm going to open up these instructions and I'm going to do my best rather than I can't do this. If I say I can't do it, I might as well leave it in the box. Mm -hmm. I might as well not even go get a tool from the garage. There's no mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. yeah. That reminds me of my husband too. <laughs> He and I can form a support group together. <laughs> yeah, we could. <laughs> he was he was reading the instructions for Toyota like just before he left, and he was like, "Oh my God, it's so complicated!" And so he left. Right. <laughs> yeah, but that's like like his belief. But yeah, he's exactly. driving the car anyway. <laughs> right. Right. Think about that. You know that just by that simple sentence. It's so complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, if you say it's so complicated, however. I know I can do this, or I've done things with other cars in the past. Yeah. You're already bringing down your emotional resistance, which means the other parts of your brain, that, that this wonderful, incredible brain inside of our heads that can do so many things, mm -hmm. allows it to, we allow ourselves to express those abilities. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what self-actualization is all about. It's exactly. about what we have as abilities inside of us, and we all have them, whether we've tapped into them or not, but it's also about creating the right environment to express those abilities. Mm -hmm. We as human beings create the barriers. We put the stress in front of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We allow the negative thoughts to expand and then we don't take action or the action we do take is avoidance. And then we believe that we can't do things. Mm -hmm. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You don't need to be on that hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. You can be on another one. And going back to your original question, what, what can people do every day? If they can be in touch with some of their core beliefs, they need to work on every day. If they can be, set some some goals and have some self-discipline around a few things you don't have to walk through your whole day thinking of this stuff mm -hmm. that would be impossible and and not really authentic to being a human being but trying to have some sort of center around mm -hmm. this each day to remember the effect of this that's 50 percent of it right there exactly yeah mm -hmm. when we decide well now exactly. when i'm listening to you and i am sure that the audience will feel the same way i just confirm what i said at the beginning 
your energy and the way how you present things is incredible. We worked together for the last month or so, and you will soon be in Microsoft Soft Skills community. If you allow me, I would like to announce that. And I'm so happy and proud about that because I know the topics will be around the topics we just spoke about. And I truly believe that people, especially on high, high corporate ladder, needs to understand this. Yeah. Because they don't affect just themselves and, you know, their families, but so many people who are working with them and who are their employees. So it's not just about the personal level. It's, it's a ripple effect that we, if we work on, on ourselves, actually affect positively or negatively our family, our co-workers, our environment, right? So it Absolutely. really can be a ripple effect to, to, to change the the society i always have that utopic idea but you know maybe it's possible i i so agree when you asked before about coming into this field that's another thing that i so wholeheartedly believe when i'm talking with people i try to really get across to them that the little things that you do for yourself and others have this effect dropping that rock in the pond the the the, the mm -hmm. little ripples like you said do spread out and i think it's such an important thing for us to remember if you can keep that in mind Mm -hmm. You become so much less self-focused and so mm -hmm. much more other-focused. And I know I'm kind of sounding on my soapbox a little bit in this world right now, thinking mm -hmm. about the pandemic and all the things we've been through. But that's the way we can start to overcome these challenges, not seeing ourselves in, I call it a silo. You know, a silo holds mm -hmm. just grain and things like that. It's got round walls or, you know, and it's enclosed and it just stays by itself. Mm -hmm. We are not silos. We have the opportunity to affect so much change in the world. And that's one of the biggest things that probably... Maybe that's part of my personality or just something that I believe as a core belief myself. Um, whenever I start to slip into some sort of self-focus or selfishness, I kind of think about what good can I do in the world and why am I slipping into some something that's so, so focused on me right now? So I try and direct something out. I try and think of something my family can do philanthropically in our community or somebody somebody that I can reach out to and call on the phone that I haven't spoken to in a while and say, hey, how you doing? Like all those things little or big have such huge impacts mm -hmm. because that person does something for somebody else. It's the pay it forward kind exactly. of idea. If we lose focus on that as human beings, we're, we're in real trouble. Mm -hmm. But I really believe that, that each of us have the ability to tap into this. We just need to get out of our own way and stop focusing on the things that we make so big that aren't as big as they exactly. need to be. Exactly. I love this. Now we're going to have a little bit of fun. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> no pressure. You know what's expecting you. <laughs> I will ask you three quick questions. Okay. Fiery questions. And you have like 10 seconds to answer to me and you will hear. Okay. Get the when date. the time is it. up. Okay. What's All your right. favorite book? So my favorite book would be J.D. Salinger's Catcher in the Rye. Ah. Um, <laughs> the... I want to hear why. Okay. So, and I know this is a book that in, in, in the United States is usually given on a high school level. It's not a, it's not a complex literary read, but I'll tell you why because the character in that book holden caulfield i connected with it such a in such a big way when i read that in high school a, a teenage young adult kind of trying to go to that next level but questioning and doubting but having new experiences and going and doing mm -hmm. things he's never tried before it reminds me a lot of myself in the later years of high school and especially college when i was broadening myself mm -hmm. and it makes me think again about being a psychologist the importance of going out and having experiences challenging yourself challenging your beliefs meeting all kinds of different people and not judging situations allowing them to unfold organically so you grow as a person 
Um, I, whenever I tell people that book, they kind of like look at me and I say, well, let me give you that explanation. And then they say, okay, that makes a lot of sense. You know? <laughs> I said I want to know more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second one, what do you like to do at your spare time, if you have any, because you're yeah. a father of four. <laughs> I am a father of four little kids and they keep me busy. I do love being a dad. It's a, it's a, it's a big passion, but it is important. If I'm going to speak to people about balance and self-actualization, I have to live that myself, right? Exactly. I can't be critical. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things to do outside of being a dad and a husband is playing baseball. I play baseball from April mm -hmm. through August. I manage, I co-manage my team. My, my co-manager, Josh, would be mad if I said I manage. So I have to say I co-manage because we manage it together. Hi, Josh. And, uh, <laughs> it's a play, the baseball field for me is, has a tremendous spiritual and emotional impact. Mm -hmm. When my parents were going through the divorce that I ended up going to counseling for when I was young, baseball for me was an anchor. It was something mm -hmm. I always went to that made me happy, that made me feel like I, I could perform. It's something that kind of came easy to me. Mm -hmm. um, from an athletic standpoint, and I'm not the most athletic person, but baseball for some reason always did. Mm -hmm. So even playing, I've been playing for a decade now in this men's adult baseball league. It's just an opportunity for me to leave my home on Sunday, have about three hours to myself. Mm -hmm. um, my family's still in my mind and I'm thinking about them, but I'm also having some camaraderie with other men who are family men or have jobs similar to mine or different we get to talk we get to i get to different be in a different role and do something that i love and look forward to mm -hmm. and i do a lot and of that's important for us to is. have you know me time i mean absolutely everybody needs that and that mm -hmm. can be defined by you know my wife goes to the she works out she the gym is her temple mm -hmm. you know her refuge and and that's mm -hmm. not that's not for me. Working out to me is just important for health and mm -hmm. releasing stress. But I don't get the same feeling. But the the feeling she gets from doing that is the same as that smile, that relaxation, that mm -hmm. looking forward to and anticipating. Mm -hmm. It's the same way that I feel about baseball. It's so beautiful for both of you. And uh, tell me, uh, what would your advice be for someone? Let's say now in a business world, uh, they are like high achievers but yeah. they are kind of, you know, afraid and they want to step into their own greatness. Yeah. What would you as their therapist search for the first and, and work on? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many answers to that. It's a great question. Um, you know, I think that, like I was saying before, it, it is important to challenge yourself. You know, if you want to grow in your role in a corporate situation or a small business or whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. the process is kind of the same. I'm you know, asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say, I would say, start with challenges that are, you know, get momentum, start with some small challenges at first. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to, I always say that changing a behavior is a chain and mm -hmm. a chain has many links in it. You know, mm. when you look at one link, you kind of say, oh, that didn't really move much. It didn't, it, you know, you might have to hold a microscope up to it to see mm -hmm. a slight movement. But when you put together many chains of movement, there's mm. a distance. Mm -hmm. Now, we only reflect on that after we've moved the foot or two, right? Mm -hmm. In the moment when we're doing the heavy lifting and challenging ourselves, it's hard. But that's what's supposed to happen. Don't look at challenges mm -hmm. as a, a problem or something you can't. It, I always try to say, turn a challenge in, into an opportunity, always seeing mm -hmm. it as each person on the face of this earth has something within them that they can achieve. Mm -hmm. we're, that's what we're here to do. We're supposed to do that for ourselves and for others, like we were mm -hmm. saying before. Mm -hmm. So 
keep that in mind, create those small opportunities, you know, and, and, and small events that can move you forward. I really believe highly in corporate situations in trying to develop mentorships, mm -hmm. um, developing close relationships with people in that corporate structure that are that you trust and you feel comfortable with and you can mm -hmm. talk with not a not a counseling or therapist kind of relationship, but someone that you you develop a nice relationship with that you can go to and bounce things off of and, mm -hmm. and they can share advice and, and, and it's such a win win because when that person you know, teaches you they learn things about themselves and just the synergy is, is exactly. great. I really believe in that. So I would say those kind of things are really Beautiful. important. To keep Have you noticed that I that I skip the ten seconds rule? <laughs> yes. yes, we've totally. Yeah, the cost, the I can dig. do that. I, I think you put your bell away. Yes. That, that is, I'm a talker. That's one of the problems. No, I can't stop because talking. Because I could I could listen to you like twenty four seven. So if you were thinking about public speaking or if you will do that or whatever, yes, okay. <laughs> I really, I absolutely, want to, yes. I want to further that part because of my. You are that's captivating. part of my self-actualization. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yes. You are captivating. Yeah. Your knowledge is so vast, and you are so wise in everything that you do. And I'm really honored to share this space with you. And I'm grateful that we have the opportunity to hear you here. But if someone wants to reach out to you, if they want to get in contact with you and maybe hire you, how? What's the best way? So there's a few ways they can do that. Um, so. You know, part of um, our presentation, my presentation today with you and our talk is I am offering the opportunity to do a free 15 minute consultation. Mm -hmm. um, folks that listen to this can schedule through Calendly mm -hmm. um, and see some openings in my calendar. We will share the link. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and that's an opportunity to discuss, you know, kind of as an offshoot of today, their goals, where they mm -hmm. want to go in the future. They can tell me a little bit about themselves. It's not mm -hmm. counseling per se, mm -hmm. uh, and it's not entering into treatment, but it is an opportunity for maybe to give some broad direction to somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, they can tell me a little bit about what they're struggling with or what they want to do next, kind of what you did for me and our work together. And I want to be able to pass that on to them. Mm -hmm. So that would be an opportunity to, the, to do that. Uh, they could also, you know, reach out through my website as well, mm -hmm. uh, KesselmanClinicalAssociates.com and just reach out mm -hmm. through an email there. But Calendly is probably the easiest way for them to, to schedule that. Beautiful. I would say just one thing. It's like 7 p.m. here in Europe now. And I finished recording my e-learning platform earlier this day. But you gave me such a powerful energy during this conversation that until my boys come home, I will record another masterclass so that you know, I love you that. That's know great. how powerful this is. And, and later on, I will tell you which masterclass that was. <laughs> so, so that you know I want to hear about it. What, what kind of an energy you're sharing here with us. Thank you so much for being my guest. I truly enjoyed it and and I hope you did too. I did. Thank you so much. And, and I really appreciate this opportunity. It's been great. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. See you. Bye-bye.